0: Of Saying the Tone in the ER Art Retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and with me today, as always, are Lauren. Hello. And Daniel. Hey. Today, we'll be discussing season six, episode 12, which is held Abbey Road. The episode aired on February 3rd, 2000. Lauren was going on that week 22 years ago. Just need to note saying the year
1: 2000 doesn't exactly have the same ring to it as like 1999. It's just not quite the same feel. Um, quite possibly the best quarterback to never win a Super Bowl, Miami Dolphins QB Dan Marino, plays his final NFL game, losing 62-7 to to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the second round of the playoffs.
0: And now I understand why the site I looked at, they said, oh yeah, he, he wins his, he, he gets his final win
2: <laughs> instead of, and they don't mention this game at all. Yeah, this is this is bad. I've, I've never actually seen this full game, but I've only seen the highlight, the, the air quotes highlights of it. It is rough. Like this is possibly the worst ending to a career for an NFL legend. Maybe ever. Like my man gets plastered in his final game. Sixty two points. If you're not a football fan, sixty two points is an ungodly amount of points in a regular season game in a playoff game unheard of those are college numbers should not happen this should a peewee football game would not have this score this is absurd a college football game might though maybe Uh, uh,
1: depending yeah um speaking of football super bowl 36 takes place a couple weeks later with the st louis rams defeating the tennessee titans 23 to 16 st louis quarterback kurt warner is named the mvp of the game Tina Turner played the pregame show backed by our very own, recently departed, goddamn Gloria Rubin. And I want to note, because when I read this, I was like, Gloria Rubin died? No, she recently departed from the show. Yes. Just (laughs) don't be me, kids. Just don't be me. Um, Even more NFL news as Baltimore Ravens middle linebacker Ray Lewis literally kills a guy but ends up only receiving a year of probation and a $250,000 fine in exchange for his testimony against his companions, who were also present the night of the murder. Reminder, fines just mean it's tickets so rich people can get away with things that are illegal.
2: hmm Wow. I mean, just... I definitely remember – like, this, I think, is the first Super Bowl that I really have strong, strong personal memories of. Like, I I was peripherally aware of the ones we've talked about in the past, but this is the first one I can remember, like, the fallout of. Like, the, the game was very memorable. It, it's the uh, the one-yard short game where uh, the Titans almost came back and tied the game at the last second, but the guy got tackled at the one-yard line. Um, and – The Ray Lewis thing, which was a a whole thing, like, and this stretches on for, like, the next year plus, uh, the trial and all the other stuff, and, like, it's one of those things that, like, if it happened today or even in the last decade, this would be, like, a black mark on his career forever, and basically no one talks about this anymore like no one ever brings up the fact that ray lewis killed a guy anymore it's just completely forgotten about he got to go and continue the rest of his career and get like a hero's send-off when he finally retired it was kind of gross if i'm being honest
0: i think he wins like another at least one more super bowl with the ravens
2: oh yeah the the ravens will win the super bowl i think the next year after this and then they will also win it against the 49ers in like 2012 or 13 And that's the year that he retires. So he plays like another full decade after this and is totally scot-free. Neat. Great.
1: At the 57th annual Golden Globe Awards, ER is once again denied as The Sopranos takes the best television drama series. And Edie Falco takes home the best actress in a drama series award for her work in The Sopranos, robbing Juliana Margulies. Chicago Bulls legend Michael Jordan returns to the NBA as a new part owner president of basketball operations for the Washington
0: Wizards. Is he one of the only people to actually like own a team and then eventually play for it?
2: Um, so, actually, at this point, he was just part owner. And so there had been uh, minority owners before this, minority meaning stake, not race. <laughs> um, there had been minority owners prior to this, but that were players, um, but he was kind of the most high profile. Um, okay. and certainly to to come back and play yeah i mean i think that was kind of a huge deal and and, and today at least in the nba he is the only former player to be a majority owner of a franchise oh, cuz no. now now he is the majority owner of the charlotte hornets oh. and he would have to give up this uh, ownership stake to return to the wizards about a year and a half from now in late so, okay i was wondering i was wondering how that worked yeah he had to <laughs> div- divest himself from the wizards in order to come back and play
1: that makes sense uh, Lauren's life is forever changed as the first entry in the wacky life simulation game, The Sims, is released in the USA. Um, I was not allowed to play it as a child
0: because your Sims could woohoo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for
0: that mm-hmm. uh, but you played, you played the shit out of like 2 wasn't it? Was it three, 3 is the
1: one that I was playing when you and I were dating I, I started playing like I played one at my friend's house sorry mom but um, yeah like 2 was when I started being able to like play on my own I think I had one for Gamecube or something eventually but yeah 3 and 4 was when I really got sucked into it cause that's when you know like I'm in college I have my own laptop and all the disposable time in the world which and rem- no one can stop you from wa- and no witnessing the woohoo. no one can stop w- me.
0: No one can stop you from witnessing the woohoo.
1: Exactly. Which reminds me, I have to reinstall Sims 4 on your
0: computer. Okay. Um,
1: Eye of the Beholder, starring famed ER guest star Ewan McGregor and Ashley Judd, debuts and takes the number one spot at the box office. It's the only thing he's known for. Only thing. Hell yeah oh that's it and what a girl wants by christina aguilera manages to knock off knock smooth off its high horse but only holds on for two weeks before being dethroned by i knew i loved you by savage garden your number one song of
2: the week which the music video for it uh stars other er guest star uh kirsten dunst in a, a very early starring role for her yeah uh what else was on that evening at 8 pm friends with the episode the one with Rachel's sister at 8 30 Jesse with the episode Jesse gives birth at 9 p.m Frazier with the episode big Crane on campus and at 9 30 stark raving mad with the hypnotist this week's episode had 27.8 million viewers tuning in directed by Richard Thorpe doing his 11th out of 31 uh, last time we saw him was the piece of wild things in season 5. And written by R. Scott Gemmel doing his second out of thirty two, and his last one that we talked about earlier this season was Truth and Consequences.
0: The Piece of Wild Things was this season.
2: No it was it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was the it was the second to
2: last album. Oh episode. yes, you're right. You're right. It was. Yes, 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 yes. Earlier this season, That I was piece like of wild. that's
0: like my favorite episode of the season so far, and you still are is correct. after this week. Won't be for long, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Let's kick off this week. Uh, Carrie's with a gentleman complaining about not feeling well. And ooh, it's, uh, it's, one of those, it's one of those days in the ER. But uh, who's the guy complaining?
2: Yes, our, our guy credited simply as sick guy uh, is played by actor Andre Rosie Brown, who appeared in uh, stuff like Throw Mama from the Train, Tango and Cash, and Kingpin, and unfortunately did pass away in 2006. Aw. Oh. But yeah, the flu's clearly going around, in, both in the public and amongst the staff. Uh,
0: Dave is trying to go home. With a fever and puking uh, set, so has some lovely phrases for it that are just, ugh. Um, and Mark comes in perfectly healthy and says, Oh, it looks like cold and flu season's coming in with the vengeance. And Carrie, who has been like just basically like, grumbling with, with like stu- with like a stuffy kind of like. She looks like death. Yeah. And she says, I look better than I feel. And Dave keeps complaining, and Carrie just says, Take some emodium and wear a mask.
1: Because he's like, <laughs> What if I get the patient sick?
2: just a plus a uh, job by Laura Innes too on the sick voice. Like she really nails mm-hmm. the sick voice and manages to maintain it. And just what a like quaint thing to look back on of like, remember when we all just used to go to work sick because mm-hmm. you couldn't afford not to. So like everybody, sure would, still it was, happening. I mean, I'm sure it's still happening on a, you know, an alarming de- degree, but like, there's at least a little bit of societal pressure not to do that, you know, due to this pandemic. So like, I don't know. It's just like, it seemed to be like almost an annual ritual that there would always be a week or two where everybody in the office would be sniffling and like coughing. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. Going, going to work with the sniffles. Of course you'd go in now. I would get paid to stay home and work from home. Right. Because my, there's no way my office would want me in if I even had anything remotely close to a respiratory illness or the flu.
0: Yeah. And even in like, and even now like, okay, we know we can just wear masks as well. Mm -hmm. Like if you have like a small cold but. Like, you're coughing, but, like, you don't really feel gross. Gross. Just wear a mask. Yeah. Right. We
1: were just talking about that the other day. We were like, oh, my God. We can just keep masks as a thing. Like, I'm I'm going to keep a store of them just for, like, if I'm after the end times are done. um, If I just, like, feel a little gross and don't want to get other people sick. Yeah. I'm just, if I know my throat's a little scratchy, I'm just going to wear a mask out of consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Not that hard.
0: We would encourage you folks to do the same.
1: Because we are medical professionals here on Setting Tone and you are No, we just
0: have, we just have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh yeah, basic human respect.
1: Or, um, <laughs> some people would say liberal fear-mongering tactics. But anyway, Carol and Luca are talking in the lounge with no hot water. Um, Mark is eavesdropping on, oh, sorry, Carol and Luca are talking in the lounge about the fact that Carol has no hot water at her house again. And like, they say something like, oh, well, I fixed you know, when you fixed it last time, it seemed to work. And Mark is eavesdropping on Luca offering to fix her hot water heater, saying that, like, hey, uh, he's fixed your water heater? Like, when would he have had time to do that? And Carol's like, he dropped me off. Nothing is going on here. Shut up. And I want to note the AOL mugs around the lounge, along with the Flutie Flakes.
2: Love how consistent Still. they are.
0: Yeah. Uh, but... Hey, you want some work You want some consistency in your show, Daniel?
2: Absolutely, I love then, it. Then,
0: absolutely, let's go to our first audio clip. Guess, guess who's back this time for good? Abby.
2: If you've got the flu, it's too late for a flu shot. Uh, excuse me, my name is E-R, Abby please Lockhart. E-R, I'm pleased to be here today.
1: ER, Abby. Yeah.
2: Did they send you down
1: here? Um, yeah. Oh God, I was wondering when they were going to get some help. Carol. I had the way. Right. You were my OB nurse, Thanksgiving. Right. Twin girls. How are they doing? Oh, they're great. Sleeping through the night, just not at the same time. I don't know how you do it. Well, it's not easy, but neither is managing 36 patients when we're short two nurses. Oh, well, actually,
2: you know, I'm found him in the L station. I asked him to move, but he couldn't walk. What's open Carol? Uh, if you can find a bed, grab it. Oh. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Somebody call housekeeping? Yeah, great. Med
1: students. They think we're their maids. We are so swamped. Right, but actually, Carol, I'm... can you send Mr. Saransky up for our chest Who's film? Who's Saransky? Blue patient. Oh, that helps. We're gonna need to get you some scrubs. No, I, I hey, don't... Hey, Halei, do we have any minute. extra scrubs? I don't know, and I don't care. We really do get along. It's hey, business.
2: Carol, you believe in zombies? What? Night of the Living Dead? Human cadavers walking the earth after they've died? No. What's <laughs> your old cartician's body still doing an exam? What? I called transport. What
0: do you want me to do about it?
2: Piggyback it to the morgue. I need the bed. Residents they're the only thing worse than med students. Right. Hey, can somebody take this? I've been waiting for like five minutes. Did you call ahead? Yeah, Todd Sullivan, five of the sledding Sullivans. Good vitals, but he took a nasty I header while sledding. Mom's on her way.
0: I lost my teeth. Oh, sweetie, don't worry. I bet they were just your baby teeth. Hey, Malik, can you call a doc? Yeah, right. Good luck.
1: These are Volus' front incisors. We need a C-spy and the head CT. Yeah, if we can find a doc to order it. I could do it. What? Med students work up patients, right? Yeah.
2: I'm a third year. I start my ER rotation today. You're a med student? Yes. What can I say? I crossed over to the dark side. <sighs> it's so nice. Just a <laughs> breath of fresh air. <laughs> or a breath of
0: familiar air, cause because, we're so, because we've watched this show so many times. True
2: uh so much that to so much to love about that just uh first of all, I want to point out i got my my little technical uh, pedantic pedantric uh taken uh, here. uh the the Foley work on that uh, puke was great uh but there was no physical representation of the puke, although uh both Juliana and Mora do a great job of uh doing a very good mock step over the puke that when you get to the wide shot and the camera continues to track there is nothing on the floor mm-hmm. so. Uh, but I also love Halei there. Do I look like I care? <laughs> we really do get along. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, just... Mm.
1: Have Have y'all had these days at work where you're just trying to trying to get that word in and it's just nothing doing?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think everyone's been there at least once in their life. Hope.
2: Yeah. This Also, too, and we will definitely get into this throughout the episode and into the listener responses because it came up over and over again. Um... This, I think, is the most authentic and the most, like, um, inarguable example of Carol's shittiness towards people she thinks are a threat to her or people who she doesn't, you know, whatever. Like, I thought it was really, I thought it was especially unwarranted with uh, Lucy. Like, I thought that that really was, They, I thought that the fandom at large made a bigger deal out of that than it really was. Uh, And then if you go way back to when it was her and Jeannie, that at least you could somewhat understand from a character uh, motivation standpoint because it was like PAs were a relatively new thing in this ER and like she was sort of territorial and was thinking that, you know, maybe her or her fellow nurse's jobs might be at stake because of it. That was at least somewhat understandable. This is just like weird. This is just weird and catty. And mm-hmm. she just has a bug up her ass about it for some reason. And it's never fully explained why. But we will certainly get into it as we go along. We are uh, right out of that into the intro with our 12th bangs in a row for the season. Uh, we come out of the intro. Uh, Abby is talking to Luca. Hmm. Can't imagine we'll ever see that pairing again. Uh, I know. Uh, <sighs> I, I was really surprised how quickly they went to that. Like, they waste no time p- pairing them up on screen. And there's again part of it is because we've seen it before and part of it is because we've we're, we're doing this sort of as a backseat driving thing of but like there is sort of undeniable sparks and chemistry there just from the beginning like no i i saw it right away i was like oh yeah these two belong together. it like that's just let's just do that like why are we gonna waste time uh it was very just, interesting. just get here yeah like it was just like really like we're really gonna fuck around for the next like 3 years with, you know, fucking Carter and shit. Like just fuck off. Like, but <laughs> Don't forget Luca and Sam. Oh, how many cursed pairings can we cram into the show for this guy? Like how many different cursed pairings can there be before we At get least to the 3, end? I think. Uh uh but uh Oh, there's more than that. So but we do get an immediate line about uh at least what Abby's thoughts are on him with uh, we never had doctors like that up in OB. Uh so, you know, Ooh la la. You know where this is going. Yeah. Uh, We see Mark telling an older woman that her husband needs to take his blood pressure meds every day. And she's like kind of hard of hearing and also forgetful herself. So she's basically yelling at him, which is a great, great bit. Uh, Carrie stops by and asks Mark to cover the rest of her shift because, quote, I'd rather die at home, which is just the line of the century. (laughs) Like, I think I'm going to use that the next time I don't feel well at work. Like, (laughs) I'd rather die at home. Um, Mark is uh, giving Abby the basic tour of the ER. There's a really sweet little line in here too that somebody makes note of in the um listener responses that um, is great when he says welcome to the like, welcome to the ER or welcome to the the wonderful world of ER or something like that that mm-hmm. that as somebody points out in the listener responses, feels almost like a line to Mora. Like it feels like a mm-hmm. welcome from the rest of this the cast and the writers to this new character. Um, so it's just, it's a very sweet line, but Lizzie gets an even better line that she likes. Yes,
0: I, cause I forgot, I forgot to pull the audio for this because I only look for the, like the blue sections to,
1: like, <laughs> That's okay. um, it can be the clip this week. Maybe.
0: Yeah, maybe. Um, but you know, he's just, he's just given her, given, uh, Abby, the 10 cent tour and he just goes. That's Yosh Chikana. Wave hi to Yosh.
2: <laughs> it's such it's a strange best. line out of context, but it works so well. And she does. <laughs> it's,
0: it's one of the few
1: things that like sticks in my mind. Just like, Lizzie and I will do it in the house all the time for no reason. One of us will be like, wave hi to Yosh.
0: No, you have to say it exactly. Like, wave hi to Yosh.
1: I see. I, that's why I don't say it, because I fuck it up. But Lizzie <laughs> will say it relatively often in our household. And so when it came up, I was like, it's the line.
0: Ugh. It's so good. This, this, this whole... TV show has ruined me and ruined my vocabulary and ruined my... <laughs> lives rent-free in your head. It literally does. Um, but uh, we move on to our other... For some reason, I could have sworn this was after the events of next week and the week after. Mm. For some reason, I thought that this patient came in like late in later this season. But I'm, I have it mixed up with... Um. With another patient who was who was also in a wheelchair in early I season who, seven,
1: I think I know who you are talking about. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, Carter's wheeling a, a very very young Shia LaBeouf uh, is, is playing a he's playing a young man named uh, Darnell. Right, mm-hmm. uh, he got pushed down the stairs in his wheelchair because he has and he has muscular dystrophy.
2: Hmm. What a complex uh, situation this is to talk about this guy. Yeah. Shia it gets, it gets...
1: Oh, yeah, Shia LaBeouf alone. I thought you were talking yeah. about the
2: character. The character, too, but, you know, Shia LaBeouf is... <sighs> recent events, especially, like, stuff that has come out within, what, the last year? Uh, yeah, in the last year, I think. Or so, yeah, where he's... I mean, he, before the stuff that came out in the last year, he was just sort of your average, like, weirdo actor who, like, did took on interesting projects and like did weird publicity stunt stuff and was just kind of made a brand out of being the weird artiste guy Dude, and I, his whole movie marathon with all of his movies and he just sat and watched and just had people and had someone
0: take pictures of him.
2: Yeah. And then he did that like art exhibit where he put like a paper bag over his head and had people come in and yell at him and berate him and stuff. And like, he just made a career out of being weird Uh, and then, and I was like on the verge of liking him. Like I was Mm -hmm. this close to being like, cause I saw a couple interviews he did about this. So Shia LaBeouf was in, uh, this is kind of a sampling of his filmography, Honey Boy, which I think is the one that I saw him doing the interviews for, uh, Fury, the Transformers series and, uh, the TV series, uh, Disney channel show, even Stevens, which is where I was first exposed to him. And also, uh, one of my favorite childhood films, Holes. Holes, too. Yes. Holes as well. Uh, Definitely saw that in theaters. Um, But yeah, he he just like doing the 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 uh, interviews that uh, the publicity stuff for Honey Boy. I was like this close to being a Shia LaBeouf fan. And then it was like not even six months later, it came out that he kind of maybe sexually assaulted somebody and then really just kind of admitted to it like Mm -hmm. almost immediately was basically just like, yeah, she's right. I did that and has suffered. Virtually zero consequences for it, and it's just, it's a little icky to think about, and he's just a little, even seeing him here, I mean, the, the other tough thing about him, too, is that, like, he does have some acting talent, and you can see it yeah. almost immediately in this episode, even as a child actor, yeah. he's got chops, and so it just makes it that much more difficult to talk about him with any sort of objectivity, because it's like, damn, man, you could have been a really great actor if you'd have just been able to keep your personal life figured out like if you'd have just been able to figure out how to be a decent person you could have had like an all-time great career I mean
1: yeah from from what I saw you know because he admitted it there were some um at least civil charges and everything that came up and um he did recuse himself from acting for a while and has done some additional treatment and stuff but you're right it's it's never enough but he at least didn't push back and say no you're
0: wrong
2: I mean yeah I guess yeah that's
0: all that's the that's the best thing you can ask for. If the th- if the event has already occurred, right? The best scenario you could do is just be like, "Yeah, that happened. I'm s- and I'm sorry for it. And here's what I'm going to be doing to fix it."
1: And I've been a shitbag to people for years, and I apologize. Like yeah. that's if you already did the harm, the best you can do is face the consequences.
2: Yeah. So it just made this episode kind of a very f- fraught experience mm-hmm. for me, of just like the, trying to juggle like not to heap too much praise on this very obviously very talented child actor while also thinking about like the real life consequences of what he has done in the years since
1: i think having noted this at the top of the episode we can now talk about how fucking good he is in this episode yeah i think
2: yes
0: we have
1: we have differentiated the art from the artist and we can carry forward with that
0: addendum now i want to go watch holes but anyway (laughs) Uh, Cleo's working on another kid in the same room uh who says he didn't he didn't start the fight. Um and oh and another oh
2: hey, it's that kid. Yeah, uh so the other kid here, Marty, is played by actor Christopher Rodriguez Marquette, who appeared in stuff like uh the T V series Barry, The Girl Next Door, and the uh Oh boy, the The movie that ages the most like Milk from my high school years, uh yeah. Fanboys, uh which yeah. I, if you'd have asked 16, 17 year old Daniel, if that movie was good, I would have written you a college thesis on why it was one of the greatest movies ever made. And meanwhile, 30 year old Daniel rewatched it a couple of summers ago with a friend of the show, Jake Terrell Esquire. And we turned it off halfway through because it was so fucking atrocious. It was like, we both sort of looked at each other. We were like, even on a nostalgia level, this doesn't hit like, this is awful. So, fanboys, two thumbs way down from the TPC really? boys. Yeah, it's real bad. I'm,
1: I've seen it, like, once, and I'm trying to think of how it could age that bad, but I'm good not knowing.
2: We have it on Blu-ray, I'm...
0: just because I haven't watched it in, a, like, over a decade, probably, at this point. If you so. if you
2: need a coaster, maybe uh, give it a shot for that. So uh, throw it in the cell pile. All right, but, sweet. Uh, he has a nice round number of 100 credits uh, to his name. And as a total, um, oh hey, it's that person. Like this kid's face is immediately recognizable.
0: But uh, Darnell is a total brat. tells the other kid uh, that tells the other kid that, oh yeah, you can- it says on your chart here you have penis, Ew, you have cancer, and they're gonna cut your penis off.
2: <laughs> Which, if it like- wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that it was a cancer patient, and if he like knew the kid, I think that would be a really funny line actually. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like I could totally see myself doing that to Jake. <laughs> Like if Jake was in the hospital for like a broken leg, I think I could I could get away with that line, uh. But anything more serious than a broken leg, and that's not cool. Yeah,
0: especially since you this, especially since he doesn't know the kid. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Just,
2: just another random child. Needs to be an established relationship there. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get back to that later on.
1: I'm sorry, I found something in a Christopher Mar- Christopher Rodriguez Marquette's filmography that's only funny to me. Um he was in the Marble Hornets movie. The the, the Slenderman movie that they did.
0: Oh my god. Based I off the about that. based off
1: the web series Marble Hornets that I watched in
0: college. So he's the reason so many people murder other people. I went down yes. a I
2: went down a really weird rabbit hole actually with him of um looking up how oh hey it's that, you know, preteen to high school age kids mm-hmm. of that era how they look now. And Mm -hmm. it's really weird to see a lot of those people in middle age. Like, Mm -hmm. the one that really got me was uh, Thomas Ian Nichols, uh, the um, League of Their Own – or not League of Their Own, um, Rookie of the Year. The Rookie of the Year kid, and he was in American Pie, and, like, he he was in everything in the 90s. And you see him now, and he just looks like a dad. And it's just (laughs) – it's really hard for my brain to, like, process this guy, who I probably saw from the ages of, like – you know, 11 through 22. And of course he looked like a young person. He was a young person and now he's in his forties and it's just very, very strange. But that was what Christopher Mark, Christopher Rodriguez's Marquette's uh, filmography led me down that rabbit hole.
1: Nice. Sorry to diverge, but just that just killed me. Um, but yeah, then we go over to check on Mr. Clayton who has frostbite and can't feel his toes and Lucy is working on Benton's instructions to rewarm him. So, okay. That's what Lucy's going to be up to. Um, Mr. Romano comes down complaining about how sick everyone is and won't help because a good flu epidemic thins the herd.
0: That that was a real, really, really cringy line to watch in 2022. Yeah.
2: Speaking of age like milk.
1: That one, I actually, I think I visibly like yeah. Cringed when he said it. Um, And when he hears that Carrie went home, he says, and they wonder why they called him the weaker sex. Romano, you're not doing anything to get on my good side this week. You were on such a good trend and you're two, you're two for two for shitty ass comments here. But you'll get what's coming to you a little bit later. Um, And he gives Benton shit for scheduling OR3 for a cosmetic surgery related to a trauma from a few months ago that Benton is helping handle pro bono with another doctor
0: so oh no let's go back to the to the peds room um the kid Cleo's working on winces with the stethoscope and uh he has a bunch of bruises (laughs) all over him and kid's name is Marty and he also strangely has a bunch of lesions on his legs like I think Cleo calls them mosquito bites.
1: Uh, I think he says it's what, like, the kids at school call them mosquito bites, where they, like, pinch really hard. I think is what he's trying to say they are. Oh, that's what he's
0: trying to cover for? Okay. What they really are is yeesh. But um, Cleo tells Yosh that they're infected, that Cleo tells Yosh that they're infected track
2: marks.
1: Mm. I don't know. Just, just a normal one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Totally fine. (sighs) Hui. Seeing the kid coming in the door, like just adding up the symptoms, not remembering exactly what this whole situation is, I was like, "Oh, he's getting beat up at home, and he's getting like cigarettes put out on his leg, because like they look." No, as as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw who it was, I was like, "Oh, it's this kid. Okay, gotcha." <sighs> Yikes. Well, we go out to uh, Mark and Corday at the Roach Coach, and she uh, mentions that her mom is presenting in Chicago. Hmm. Going to get to meet the other half of the uh, Corday parentage this week. Uh, her mom didn't tell her that she was coming, uh, and she says that I'm supposed to come to her. That's part of the game. Hmm, that sounds like a healthy parent daughter relationship. <laughs> Uh, they come back inside uh, Malik is pinning a gentleman down and uh, Abby Corday and Mark are helping hold him down while his friend films it and they do a couple of like POV shots from the camera they don't go fully heavy with the um like like they've done in the past with the filter to make it really look like a video camera but they at least kind of sub in the uh, steady cam for the handheld camera um, they it's supposed that this patient is on PCP and his friend is filming so that he can see what an asshole he is on the drugs. Interesting. uh, Interesting approach there. Uh, They're in the middle of trying to give this patient a a dose of Haldol to calm him down. And Abby gets bit while administering the shot. Just what you like to see.
0: Of course. And then uh, Mark is examining Abby's arm and cleaning her up. And Carol has given Dave an IV, And and she says, be glad it's not a Foley." Yeah, um, and then Mark asks Carol to keep an eye on Abby and update her tetanus. Just, just normal, normal first day things.
1: I, I We're, just, I'm,
0: yeah. Never mind. I'll save my I'll, the thought I had. I'll save it for the end of the episode. Okay.
1: I just love that Dave is so fucking dehydrated from puking and <laughs> shitting his brains out that um they have to give him an IV for him to be able to keep working.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean. Have you had? Yeah, but I'm just saying like severe gastrointestinal problems. Yes, that dehydration yeah, very fast. I know,
1: but I'm just saying, just the idea of somebody being this sick, sick, and still being expected to work, just carrying around an IV bag.
2: Didn't we have that one episode back in season one or two where not Carter, Noel Wiley was so sick yeah. with like mono or something that he was yeah. he did the whole episode with an IV in, and would just yeah. put the bag in his pocket during scenes.
1: Yep. Ooh. I remember. I remember that. Um, But then Carter is with Darnell checking on his strength. And uh, Darnell gives a great deadpan of the diagnosis and how fucked up it is when Carter asks him. Like, oh, so you have MA- or, uh, what was muscular, muscular, Mus- muscular, dystrophy. muscular dystrophy, thank you. And Darnell just goes through everything and how he knows how it's going to progress. And like he's like, yeah, I know why you're checking my strength. I'm like, I'm dead already. Mm. Why the fuck are you bothering? And then there's a little boy, Connor... Ah, oh, God, I, I flinched uh, when I recognized we were here. Same. Is being brought in to be checked on. He has tons of surgical scars. He was vomiting this morning. Um, Lizzie and I both said, oh shit, it's this one. And I want to know, because there's no other good part in the episode to do it, whose films are those? Because they're not Connor's yet. Um, and mom thinks that he may have another bowel obstruction.
2: Ooh, this is another doozy. Mm hmm. Hi, yay, 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 yay. The hits just keep on coming. Uh, mom here is played by actress Juliana Santini, who is best known for a recurring role on the TV series Homefront. Uh, we move on from there to our next patient, Jeremy Barnes, who's being rehydrated. He's nauseous and recovering from a uh, suspected aneurysm. And Corday says it's just the flu. Ugh. Can't imagine that's going to come back to bite us. Uh, we then see Mark with Cleo regarding young Marty. Uh, she says that he has skin-popping abscesses and uh, looks like he's clean aside from an elevated white count.
0: So there's some good news. Yeah. But wait till you find out what it really is. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ben's pro bono case has come in. Her name is Tia, a young a young girl. and But Ben, unfortunately, has tells them that they have to reschedule the procedure. And the mom is quite, quite displeased. Mm-hmm. Not not like actually outright like angry yelling at him but like I think as close as you could probably like like really dude? Yeah. Really? Like which I mean if you like, if... It was like we came all the way in she was like we came all the way in here it's very hard to get this because the, the young woman has um facial scars after I forget what happened uh, to her. I believe it was a dog bite. I think yes, so. Yes. A dog attacked her. Yes. So yeah she has some very severe facial scars which for a young, for a young person, I can imagine. That would make you a little, little more gun-shy to leave the house. Then um, mom tells him that she can't give Tia, that she, and the mom tells him that, you know, I can't keep giving TF false hope here. And, but Benton says
2: he's going to make it happen. And uh, our mother here, Mrs. Fulton, she is played by actress Kimberly Newberry, who appeared in the movie Traffic, uh, The American President, and a couple of appearances on NYPD Blue.
1: Uh, Then we go over to Dave telling Abby that she needs to do some things that would typically be handled by a nurse regarding Jeremy Barnes' stool samples, like going and getting them and having them taken to the lab and all this. And... She's like, "No, that's something for a nurse to do." And he goes, "Well, you're a nurse you were a nurse so you- you're like you're a nurse upstairs, so you know how to do it." She's like, "But that's not my job down here. I'm not going to do this for you." <laughs> like get a nurse to do it. Good on you, Abby. Love you already.
0: And then uh Lucy is with a gentleman dealing with congestive heart failure and also the flu. You know, just having a very very lovely day. Um they want to intubate him, but um they want to intubate him, but there's, you know, really the dude knows he's going to die soon anyway. So it was like, I'd rather, I'd rather not be, have it be stretched out um, because he's homeless. He doesn't, he has no family. So, and all of his friends are homeless. There's no way to contact them. Um, and yeah, you say he pops the line. Always, uh, I always hope that I might die in a warm bed with clean sheets if it's all the same to
2: you.
1: Basically, just please make me comfortable. Yeah.
2: Yeah. A heartbreaking always, delivery ugh, on that this
1: is this yeah. is such a good episode for lucy
2: so we go over to luca and carol talking with connor's mom and she is uh s- way too familiar like almost suspiciously familiar with all of the procedures and and terminology and and sounds like somebody who would uh, just a few years from now would be living uh exclusively on webmd uh,
1: and I did I did note this here but then I also had the thought at the same time that was like well it could almost be believable if he has been in and out of the hospital for these chronic illnesses mm-hmm. like she would be familiar with it from that too. So it's still plausible that he's sick. Right. But it's just it to us now. Right. Knowing what we know and looking at this it's like oh she's just really good at googling.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I I I had a a friend years ago who had a son who was, um, had, I forget the exact name of it, but it was a, um, disorder that he was born with. And it was like one of those things where this child was in and out of the hospital pretty much his whole life. And her updates, this was like in the early days of Facebook. So like when you would write like whole entire blog posts on your Facebook, Yeah. uh, and I remember some reading some of the stuff that she would post and it was just like, like this like all the terminology all of and and i'm sure most of that was just for her own benefit you know kind of keep track of it for herself but it was just it's it's totally plausible that somebody would be this uh kind of tuned into their child's needs uh but we also see uh cleo with marty uh we find out that he has been stealing his uh grand diabetic grandmother's needles to inject human growth hormone uh filed that one under yikes uh He mentions that uh, he's being picked on at school uh, that, quote, even the stupid kid in the wheelchair thinks he can pick on me. Uh, And he's being beaten up regularly because of uh, how short he is, Uh, which watching the episode, I was like, he ain't that little. Like, I guess it depends on his age, too.
1: We also haven't seen him stand up.
2: True. But like, I just think back to what my size was, you know, at his like, let's assume he's like 12. My my height at that age was, you know pretty average like i don't and i i didn't get beat up on the regular so i don't know i just but i didn't really shoot start shooting up until sophomore year like in height oh okay with the with the storyline i was like you didn't start shooting up, growth hormone until Yeah, no, i didn't start really (laughs) really having major growth spurts until i was a sophomore yeah so yeah i definitely uh i have vivid memories of laying on the couch at probably this age or maybe just past it uh with the like those horrific shin splints when you're going through your growth spurt and it was just like oh man not a fun memory.
1: I didn't have to deal with that. I'm only five four.
2: Yeah. It was didn't
1: have any I didn't have any growing pains. I was too busy being concerned about being fat. I
2: would just lay on the couch and like my my whole shin would just ache from top to bottom and it would do it for like hours. And it was just How? kind of... But it was like, it, it, would, it would go in waves, you know. Sometimes it would be like a, a six or a seven, and then most of the time it was a very dull, like, two or three, and it was just kind of always there. hmm
0: Happened to me, too, sometimes. Yeah.
1: I don't want to be tall. If that's the price, I'm good.
2: It's the price you pay.
0: That exactly. It was... It was- Growing pains, yeah. like I didn't no, nothing wrong with I'm us. I'm just gonna
1: say I didn't actually. I've never actually talked to my tall friends about this. I didn't realize like that was a thing. Oh yeah, yeah,
2: That's very. That's funny. why they call it growing pains. I thought it was just right. a
1: metaphor. I didn't realize it literally hurt to grow. And yeah.
2: I would like to point out that I would rather go through that a thousand times than watch the TV series Growing Pains. Like put that <laughs> put that on my on my tombstone.
1: Um, our listeners can all judge that I'm almost 30 and didn't know that growing pains were a literal real thing. Great. Cool. I mean, Onward.
0: So then we go over, uh, Carol's working with Abby, uh, on Jeremy Barnes. Abby asks if Carol's uncomfortable with her being there because of her quote unquote switching teams.
2: Like, I guess. Yeah. Like why, why do we need to do this?
1: And especially cause you met that you met each other once. Right. Yeah. Like, if she had never been your OB nurse, this wouldn't have even be be like, a fucking thing. Yeah.
2: yeah, and they didn't even have, like, that much of a moment of recognition, even after they realized who the other one was. Like, there was sort of like a, oh, yeah, I met you once. Like, there was no, it wasn't like, oh, my God, you were my nurse and you saved my life. And then, uh, none of that. Like, it was basically just like, oh, yeah, I stood behind you in line for coffee one time. Cool. How's it going?
0: Nice. Uh, well, things aren't going well with, uh... Jeremy here as uh, he pukes up about a person's worth of blood all over himself and, and into the nemesis little, the tiny, is it, are, is it still an nemesis And if they're the, like the tiny kidney shaped yeah. ones? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, like a little tiny metal one that clearly is just, no, it just, uh. it's very, very Gross. Prop, uh, shout out to the props. Department I do, here, I do uh, like. Whoever. I do
2: like Abby's take though of like because he starts saying, "I think I'm gonna be sick," as her and Carol are still having their little philosophical discussion, and she doesn't even look at him. She just reaches over behind her with the emesis basin and is like, "Yeah, here you go." And it's that's such
1: a practice nurse, movie. right? Exactly.
2: That was such a like that had for me that had big nurse Jen energy. Like, yep. Jen is not phased at all by the idea of someone puking. Like that is just like another day at The office, so she would absolutely just kind of blindly hand the thing and be like, Yeah, if you're gonna puke, just make sure you puke into that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, Ben runs into a cyst and looks like he's bleeding out through his GI tract. That's that's your throat, it's right, it's upper, your upper,
1: upper esophageal okay. kind of
0: stuff. Uh, and they
1: know because it's bright red, which means it hasn't had time to go uh, to the yes. intestines mm-hmm. and do gotcha. Uh,
0: and Dave says he wasn't sent upstairs because uh, Corday said it was just the flu. Hmm. And Romano comes down and immediately begins to shame Benton for not admitting him in the first place. Neat. Yeah.
1: So we go back to uh Carter is working with Darnell some more, and he um he realizes that part of the problem might be because, you know, if Darnell's losing fine motor skills from the muscular dystrophy that maybe writing's hard, and says a computer might help him keep up where the um muscular dystrophy is calling him causing him to fall behind he sets a an iMac down
0: oh
2: yeah i I forgot how cool those things looked the pretty blue the shiny brand new at this point uh yeah probably got some money for that down bring back translucent colored things you cowards
1: right just please all of it I want that I I want that in a switch. Just
2: picturing my uh my middle school computer lab in my head where it was just row after row of the blue iMac like just oh we did a rainbow with ours. I wish we had had a rainbow. Always, All of ours were yeah. blue for some reason. I don't know why they picked we that We had Windows computers. And and then we got and then Jake and I got the year that we were in I, I think he's told this story in the group chat before but we got the uh one of the years we were in middle school uh they gave us laptops. And uh, we got the ghost white iMac laptops where it was like they weren't colored at all, but they just had like, they were like pure white. Uh, and uh, Jake and several other students got suspended for hacking into the system and getting around all the parental filters and stuff. And
1: Jake has told that story. Yeah. Before.
2: yeah well, just add it to the list of things that are ironic now that he's a lawyer.
1: Yep. Yeah. But Darnell then shoves that computer off the table and Carter encourages him to smash some other stuff up just to, you know, A, get out that anger and B, show, like, what he actually is capable of. So this is a very, like, good moment from Carter.
0: Yeah. And but Carter's, like, doing some stuff. He's, like, yeah, throwing, right. like, bandages, like, sealed packages of bandages and stuff on the floor. And... Yeah.
1: So, like, doing it with him to encourage that, like, it's okay to do this. And, um... Then he sets down a pen and paper and says, now let me see you write your name. And Darnell struggles with it and can't. And he um, he starts crying and says, I'm not a baby. I don't need people to help me this much. You know, I don't need to be pushed around. I can do this myself. And he's stressed because people are helping him too much. Like, his mom is cutting his food. She's bathing him. Like, taking away any bit of agency he may have left. And carter says i'm gonna go talk to your mother why don't you clean this up and darnell's like you want me to clean it up and carter's like yeah you fucking made the mess so Mm. it's it's a it's a good moment it's it's one of the things i definitely remembered from darnell's storyline for sure i can't
0: even imagine what it's like to go through that like on like a permanent no cure for what's going on with you level of yeah level of losing your agency like even just like when I had broken arms and Lauren had to do pretty much everything for me. Like even that was just horrible for, for a few weeks. Lauren has the most like exasperated look on her face.
1: You were a very good patient.
2: I mean, and
0: you were, and you were very patient. Jen Jen and I went through
2: it too, where we had it, where we were both in casts at the same time, but the opposite arm. So like, I had my left arm in a cast and she had her right arm in a cast at the same time. And so between the two of us, we had one good set of hands and we had to learn how to like cooperate even more, like trying to put toothpaste onto a toothbrush, trying to wrap each other's arms in saran wrap so you could shower, like tying shoes.
1: It was so funny because this happened like Lizzie's arms busted when I was recovering from back surgery. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Not that th- <sighs> not, not nice. that there's a good time to break both of your arms, but that's a particularly bad one.
1: When I'm especially not supposed to bend or lift. Um, but then we go back, and Luca is pulled out of working with Connor and his mom on getting an NG tube put in. Because Carol tells him, Connor doesn't have a pediatrician. Like, they called the number, and it's not real. Um, all the rest of his scars were from exploratory surgeries, except for the first one. And Carol speculates that maybe it's not Connor, maybe it's the mom.
0: Which Luca's like, what the fuck? Why would why would a mom do that? Rain. Yeah.
1: Because Luca is such a good boy.
0: Because outside of this scenario, like in the show, like I could never conceive of
2: why someone would do that. Yeah. It's like I mean I know it does happen, but it's not something I've ever encountered outside of a drum uh, you know, medical drama type situation. Uh, let's go back to Marty though. Cleo's talking to Marty's dad, who is al- Marty's dad,
0: who is also short. <laughs> okay, so okay, you do have you do have the Mister Spencer. Oh, hey, it's that guy. Okay, I thought I thought I recognized him. Um, but Marty has a fever of 103. Uh, he had the flu last week too, but now he may have an infection of the around his heart because of the because of the needle sticks.
2: Bleh. Yikes! Uh, yeah. No, nope. uh, Abby is uh, checking out on Mr. Spencer, who I didn't note earlier. I had a misattributed this character in the notes. Uh, so I apologize for that. I, I moved him down to here because we get a good look at him here. Um, he's worried about the, the flu. He's kind of a, a I wrote him down in my notes initially before I caught his name. Uh, I wrote him down as germaphobe patient, even though he kind yeah. of yeah. It, ultimately his fears are warranted. Uh, but he's complaining about a myriad of other symptoms. Uh, and Mr. Spencer here is a definite oh, hey, it's that guy uh, played by actor Michael Mantell, who appeared in stuff like A Mighty Wind, The Ides of March, uh, Ocean's 13 and many, many other things. One hundred and twenty three credits to his name. Uh, he comes in second this episode for most credits. Somebody else will usurp him in just a few. Uh, but uh, for now, Connor and his mom are taken up to radiology, and uh, Romano is working on uh, Jeremy Barnes while Benton watches. Uh, he's sort of punishing Benton by making him watch but not participate in this uh, particular surgery. Like it's, uh, He's complaining about the heat uh, in the OR that uh, wants him to turn the air up. Uh, and uh, somebody says the AC is set to 68 and uh, <laughs> maybe you're getting sick. And surely with the line of the episode, maybe you're going through the change, which <laughs> what like, I love Shirley I so know much. Knowing what a gem Dinah Linney is, get her, just seeing and hearing her get to deliver lines like that. Just makes my soul happy. Like it just does things for me on a, an organic level um benton then offers to finish up if romano isn't feeling well and we will circle back uh, on romano's condition here in just a little bit
0: let me go back to uh connor and his mom luca's talking about the test uh was negative so luca offers to do a ct scan next and mom was like no let's just skip it let's just do an endoscopy like let's just let's like I feel like we're waiting. I feel like a sur- he should be con- a surgeon should be consulted here. Like I feel like we're wasting time. And any other, any other, time. I would maybe be on the mom's side if he's still not feeling yeah. feeling well with it with his medical history.
2: But uh, anybody, uh, anybody ever experienced or born witness to an endoscopy? It is a weird fucking thing to be in the room for. Uh, my dad had one when I was in high school. He had like a, an ulcer uh, that started bleeding. And so they had to do an endoscopy. And it's one of those things that they give you conscious sedation for. So he was sedated. He didn't feel anything. But he was awake the whole time and was like talking and was having full conversations with everybody in the room and everything. And then then somebody comes in and like sticks this tube down his throat with a camera and everything. And they check on the condition of the ulcer and all that good stuff. And I think they might've actually cauterized it uh, at the time. And then as soon as it was all over with, they, they cleaned everything up, left the room, you know, 20 minutes later, he had zero memory of any of those conversations. And it was just this weird like time skip thing where it was like the last 20 minutes had never happened for him. And it was just really bizarre to, to bear yeah. witness to.
0: Oh yeah. Trust. Yeah. I've been, I've been through multiple times through through that level of sedation for procedures. And it's, you're just like, what, what just happened yeah. here?
2: Just like, really bizarre. Like I'll never forget that image like, of my dad, like sitting up in bed with the gown on and everything. And somebody's fully like sticking this thing down his throat and he's totally fine with it. Like is not arguing with them at all, not putting up any sort of fight. And then 20 minutes later, he has no memory of it.
1: My, I'm sorry. My brain is having a very visceral reaction to that 20 minute time skip because for a very different oh, sure. reason, I go oh, out for 20 yeah, minutes. sure. So. Sorry, sorry. No, sorry. you're you're fine. It's just I I'm sitting here listening to this and I'm like, that sounds familiar. That's that's
0: a seizure. That's fair. <laughs> it's just. Eh. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on then, Lauren. What happens next?
1: Pat my back for a second. All right, eh. I, can, I can do that. Sorry. Um But then we go back to Mr. Clayton, and Lucy offers to make him more comfortable, and he asks for his lunchbox, and he tells her there's $118 in there, and he asks her to give it to his friends, and she says, but you said we couldn't call your friends. He says, throw it off the roof, because they'll find it, which is very sweet. Yeah. Um, And then we go back to Luca and Carol discussing Connor and his mom, and Luca thinks, huh, you know, you may be right, Carol. Maybe maybe this isn't great. Maybe there is something going on because no mother would jump right to the endoscopy here. Mm -hmm. So something may be odd. And
2: and they take immediate steps to uh, test their theory here as uh, Abby is uh, goes back in to do peroxide in Mr. Spencer's ear, uh, but forgets the thing to open the bottle. And uh, Connor's mom is watching the whole thing. And uh, Abby asks how Connor is doing, and Mom uh, checks again, asks if they've called for the consult yet, so she's very eager to get him up there. And uh, Abby says she'll go to check, and leaves the peroxide in the room when she goes.
1: Now, when this happened, I forgot that they're, what they're doing with this, and I was like, check off pero- peroxide. <laughs> <Check-off's> peroxide. Because <laughs> they just, they frame yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They purposefully put it on the front of the shot. Yeah. So...
0: But uh, we go back up to the OR. Uh, Romano is complaining while working on Mister Barnes. Uh, Corday shows up and admits to what happened. And so, but Romano insists that she scrub in. But uh, also, he then he just he falls over before she can get in and actually scrub in. Romano falls over with a weak pulse and apparently is a he's burning up, according to Corday. So Ben steps in while Corday goes to look look after Romano. Maybe he is going through the change.
2: Who knows? <laughs>
1: Ah, and then we um we see Cleo out shooting hoops in the ambulance bay because of course she's all about sports. And you know what? Nope, I'm going to take that back because we never make shit like this with Mark or Doug or Carter which were shooting hoops. So, Cleo's just out shooting hoops in the ambulance bay when Mark steps out to join her. And this is an odd pairing on screen. Why why is Mark asking about her patient? They haven't interacted about this patient all of the episode that I'm aware of.
0: Why
2: is, is Cleo in attending? I, that's never made a abundantly clear i don't uh, she's never referred to as a resident so i assume she must be yeah and and somebody needed to replace doug like in the in the hierarchy of things although granted when she leaves they never replace her that's let's point that Mm -hmm. out uh but you know it's as far as i know she's an attending
1: but she gives him tips on how better to shoot hoops and they just keep playing basketball for a little bit
0: um, I asked because I w- wasn't sure if, like if, if Mark is the attending and you're just asking her, like, oh, what's going on? with Sure. That? Yeah. Yeah. With that
2: yeah I wonder I wonder but, if maybe in, you know, in headcanon land, I wonder if maybe they took the opportunity after Doug left to maybe reorganize the hierarchy of the ER a little bit and maybe like put the pediatric attending under the purview of um, like yeah, directly, you know, yeah. so that we would not repeat yeah. the mistakes of the Doug Ross fiasco.
1: And then uh, Connor has a distended sc- stomach and mom is freaking out saying they have to cut him open right now because something could be really wrong. And oh my God. Blah, 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 blah. And Luca takes, you know, a needle and does essentially. Uh,
0: he taps the belly.
1: Yeah. essentially and teeth. Sure. Right. Sure. Sure. I don't know. We did so many of those medical terms for setting the tone. <laughs> uh, no,
0: like, it's like he's drained the fluid. Yeah. It's like, yeah. like, it's like you, something you like, you would. Yeah, stick it's a centesis. Yeah. gut, Yeah.
1: Sorry, pericardio is for the heart. My bad. Yeah, that's why I was... But yes, the Hmm. abdominal drain. Um, And Luca drains the fluid from the stomach. It is a pink saline solution that they put in the peroxide bottle to get proof. We see Carol bagging the bottle with gloves on very carefully. And they had Abby leave the bottle there to see if the mom did anything with it. And they call security
2: in curtain three. Mm. (sighs) Shit's fucked you. Yikes. Well, it's only more fucked here as we find out that Mr. Clayton has passed away. Uh, But at least he was in a warm bed with clean sheets. Like He got got what he wanted. Uh, Lucy goes through his lunchbox uh, and uh, finds a photo of his daughter. Uh, So we will check back on this little development a little bit later. Uh, Then one of the strangest moments of the episode here, which is just a really weird flex. uh, We see Chen walk in uh, as Dave is uh, in the middle of trying to ask Abby out. Uh, she's in a black dress, looking quite stunning, like pulling it off, like
0: oh, extremely attractive, killing one. it.
2: Uh, she's in a, a this black dress. Unclear if she's actually just now getting on shift after a date, or maybe leaving after being completely invisible for this entire episode, because this is the one and only appearance that Ming Na mm-hmm. makes in this episode.
1: They they just love to put Jing Mei Chen in black in sleek black dresses whenever they can, because I mean, this happens more than once. If I, I mean, recall, it works
2: for. Her. They've been.
0: ASA, yeah, it works. It's stunning. It's, it's... But, <laughs>
1: but yeah, this is—I remember this happening. more This than is more.
2: a very odd, out of place flex here, where she's been gone the entire episode. We brought her in just so that Dave could do the like Bugs Bunny cartoon thing of like dropping his chin and rolling out his tongue. No, I-uga. Yeah, I-uga. And, then, and then she leaves, and that's it. Okay, cool. See you. See okay. you next week, Chen. Cool. Well, let's go to our next audio clip. Then uh,
0: Benton is talking with Corday.
2: How's he doing? Grouchier than ever. He has a kidney stone.
1: Ah, you're kidding.
2: Not as big as we'd like, mind you. He won't need surgery.
1: Passing through the old plumbing, that can't be a lot of fun.
2: Thanks for trying to cover for me. You didn't have to, but I really appreciate it.
1: Anybody could have missed it.
2: I hope so. My mind was elsewhere. Yeah. So, you're going into globes? Oh, yeah. yeah wouldn't take too much glee in this if I were you, Peter. No, no, no. I just came to tell you that Mr. Barnes is uh, stable in recovery. It's a good thing I was observing when this happened. Suppose you think this means I owe you something. I'll settle for it, thank you. How very gracious of you, Peter. Thank you. And the O.R. time that
1: I need for the little girl's facial surgery. Look, you finished the repair and
2: closed for me. Big deal. I don't understand how you could be against a little girl getting her face fixed. This is my job word gets out that I do favors for you, I'll have to do them for everybody. Which is why we never had this conversation.
1: So that means I can't have the OR. I don't want to know about.
2: Mm. Mm. Good luck with that. Thank you. You're welcome, Peter.
1: Such good uncomfortable noises.
2: I love Benton's like, oh yeah. Like, I'm an... (laughs) I'm gonna enjoy this.
0: Yes, uh, and and Romano being backed into showing a little humanity, right? But but also showing a little humanity. It's, like, uh, it's ugh, it, it really him, is a 180 from the beginning of the episode. It, it really
2: is indescribable because it, it, the, the we're always in the middle of trying to make the case to Jake why he should care about romano or why why romano is such a good character and it's it really is hard to try to describe what these moments make you feel like because you are swimming in such this like ocean of shit with this character where he is so truly awful all the time that anytime you get any glimmer of humanity that comes out of him you want to like latch onto it like a koala bear where you're just like yes give me this like hook this shit into my veins like because and but moments like this only matter when you have so much of the other shit to work off of like this wouldn't hit as hard if he was a you know just a regular run of the mill dick all the time like it's because he is such a purulent asshole all the time that we get these nice little moments here that we can really like sink our teeth into here and go like ah uh, see maybe the grinch can grow his heart you know most improved character <laughs> Uh, yeah, the the hill the that Lauren will always forever die on.
1: Didn't say best. Didn't say nicest. Most improved.
0: Anyway, what happens next?
1: Uh, Carol thanks Abby for helping with their sting operation. And, oh no, as this is happening, Mr. Spencer is having a heart attack. And Abby says he complained about everything, but his EKG was normal. Um, And Carter is running the trauma to help stabilize Mr. Spencer.
0: Yeah. Um, And then, okay, let's be introduced to... Uh one mrs corday um so there's two parts there's two parts to this so i just got both parts because they yeah, they relate so let's listen to her first interaction with our corday elizabeth hello mother
2: what are you doing here oh i live here remember yes i meant to call you i just got in last week oh elizabeth save me with pouty face i'm not pouting I just can't believe you're going to travel several thousand miles and not call me. Yes.
1: Well, I'm here now and freezing. So if we're going to continue this conversation, could we find somewhere warm? Preferably where they serve alcohol or have the Americans ban that together with tobacco.
2: I love Corday's mom. She is pretty good. Uh, the, the, we don't give enough credit to the spot-on casting of both of her parents. Like, Both of her parents are just expert-level masterclasses in casting, um, which her mother here is played by actress uh, Judy Parfitt, who appeared in stuff like Girl with a Pearl Earring, Ever After, and Dolores Claiborne, among many, many other things. 146 credits to her name. She is our high-water uh, person of the episode. Uh, and she's making her first of seven appearances here as Mrs. Corday. Uh, yeah, just excellent, spot-on casting here. And, and the, the relationship between these two, is just honestly like I'm trying to think of bad casting for parents in the show. Like, they pretty much always nail it when it comes to parents. Like, Doug's parents were really good, even though they made short appearances. Mark's parents, of course, are incredible. Uh, we know that Abby's mom is gonna like steal the show, so like, I'm really mm. tr- struggling to come up with somebody who has really under even Susan's parents in their brief appearances were you know pretty memorable. Like, dad was pretty sweet, mom was a mess. Like, you could totally see kind of the dynamics of how Susan and Chloe were formed. Like, there's always kind of been, I guess if I have to pick, honestly, it might be Carter's parents. Like, <laughs> Carter's parents might be the weakest of the bunch. Like, and they're still pretty because good. They're absentee
0: parents, basically. Right. I mean,
2: they're still pretty good, but, like, they're also not terribly believable as Noah Wiley's parents is, I guess, my point. Like, they're not.
0: Okay. But
2: but that's a, a admittedly a minor gri- uh, gripe. Like, they pretty much always get it right when it comes to parents. And we haven't banned tobacco no. in public spaces. And, I mean, that's true. I mean, we've we've made it inconvenient enough that it is uh, not as prevalent as it used to be, uh, which
1: which I'm I'm gonna plug it again because I just caught up to all of Innocent. Please go listen to Innocent as they talk about smoking over the <laughs> over the first season. Because holy
2: shit! Starring lest we uh, forget was... John Cullum as uh, Lee yes. Garner Senior.
1: This is this is still the perfect time to plug it because we're still in peak John Cullum time on ER. So please go check out Innocent if you haven't. They're just about wrapped with season one, and it's so good. I always
2: forget that he's in that show until he pops up, and then when he does, mm-hmm. hearing him describe the tobacco stuff and like the the, the right, hearing him Toasted. describe the 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 process is just like it's uh.
1: <laughs> Mad Men podcast. For one second, my favorite line is um. When Don's like, well, how is yours prepared? And Lee Garner Jr. goes, I don't know, and he goes, Shame on you! <laughs> He's <laughs> so, so good. good. Just please, it's it's enriching my watch through right now so much. Go go check out our lovely sister uh, show. Well, that's it. That's it. I'm done plugging. It just reminded me of that. We, go ahead. We
2: go from there uh, back out to the ambulance bay. Uh, Abby sees Mark and Cleo uh, playing hoops and calls Mark in uh, re Mr. Spencer. Uh, and he's going over the case with her, and if she'd have gotten a blood count, uh, they would have been able to diagnose anemia, which would have been a warning sign for uh, his current predicament. And he says that, you know, I should have, you know, babysat you more or, or, you know, kept a tighter watch on you, and he says it's time for you to start thinking like a doctor and make sure you have nurses order labs for you. So, tough first day on the job. nurses have a standing order for for one of the tests that that would have
0: caught this earlier. Let's go to our uh, next audio clip, uh, part two of Cordae with her mom. I don't know how you manage to keep your complexion in this city. Wind, nothing but wind. I don't work on a construction site. Oh, that's right. You cut people up like your father. How is Charles? Happy. We had a lovely time when he was in town last. You know, Daddy stays at my place. How delightful. Would you like to come and stay with me? Uh, Whatever for? because I have a spare room, Uh, because I haven't seen
2: you in three years. That's not my fault. I'm just saying, I'd like you to come and stay. All right. I agree. I'm honored. You do look well. You must have a man. Do I need a man to look well? Oh,
0: it helps. So, have you? Yes. I suppose he's a doctor. Actually, yes. His name's Mark,
1: and he's lovely. Mark, 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 mark.
0: Come on, chicken. We never finished that game. You were down by eight points. Yeah, well, I was pacing myself. Good night. Quitter.
2: All right, bring it on. Good
1: night, Mark. Nice
2: hat. Who knew that Arrested Development stole that joke from ER?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie and I audibly lost our shit when that came up. I want
2: that to be my new ringtone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's the fucking hat. Oh yeah, dude.
2: it's the whole. It's the
1: visual with the stupid hat. Remember,
2: remember in his episode, was it last week's episode that he directed, or the one before, where we were like, Anthony Ewers just likes to do weird shit. This is this is a perfect mm-hmm. example of like. This is just Anthony Edwards shitposting <laughs> at work.
1: Yep. Just the the transition. It's so hard. Is it's, <laughs> it's such a hard
2: transition, and he's like in a weird place in the frame. Like he's not quite yeah. in focus. With yeah, doing the head doing the head <laughs> bobs. It's so. so good.
1: Please, everybody. Go to like minute forty-two of this episode if you just want to laugh real quick because that timestamp is forty-one thirty on Hulu. So if you want to go fucking laugh, just go watch that.
2: Like, minute. I think I need that as like a, a a bumper for us. Like, I think we need that as like a transition to something. I'm not sure what it would be yet, but I just desperately want a clip of Mark doing that sound.
1: We'll we'll come up with something. It
0: can- it, we can, be, it can it can transition from us talking about our us giving our final scores for the episode and it responses. Oh, so
2: good.
1: Uh or or something in the lounge. Who yeah. knows? We'll figure it out. Yeah.
0: That, that's not the last you'll hear. That's the last, not the last you'll hear of that audio from, from us. Uh, but let's go to our... Let's wrap up the episode with our last audio clip here. Uh, Lucy and Abby are up on the roof. Hi. Hi.
1: Uh, you're the new med student, right? Yeah, I'm Abby Lockhart. Lucy. Nice to meet you. How was your first day? Um... Well, let's put it this way. I haven't had one of these in two years. What happened? It's more like what didn't happen. Uh, I used to work in OB and up there, I would deliver a baby, then I would deliver a baby, then I would deliver a baby. And today, I was puked on, spit at, bit. (laughs) And then I tricked a psychotic woman, and then I almost killed a guy. That sounds about right. Unfortunately, in the ER, almost doesn't count. What are you doing? Patient's last request. Toss some. You might feel better. Do you have to say a prayer or something? I don't think so.
2: i always gotta get the Martin, Martin in there. Just you did it again, my friend. Ugh.
0: Yeah. So if we want to talk about missed opportunities with Lucy, this is in my top like three biggest missed opportunities. I mean, we've, we've had it. Her and Abby. Yes, her and Abby as the med student, the med student. We, friends. We've had it
2: two weeks in a row. Like missed opportunity with Luca as a mentor and missed yeah, opportunity that's, that's, the, that's my top missed line. opportunity with abby as a, a med student bestie like yeah yeah
1: that's kind of what we get with Abby. i was gonna say Nila, somebody i'm not sure end. if i
2: grabbed that one or not but somebody definitely brought that up in the listener responses that they do sort of go on to repurpose that dynamic with abby and neela later on but um it i think it could have been even better here like there was that
0: their conversation feels
2: very natural yes
1: Team, does it feel like we're watching ER now? Oh, for sure. Yes, we
0: yeah. are. We are in fact watching the television series ER. That I,
1: just... I feel like we've had eight different benchmarks. Which, <laughs> okay, now we're watching ER.
0: No, no, we've been watching ER. But those, since the beginning, yeah, but
2: season. those, th- those, as we've learned, like those timelines shift, and those feelings are. It's not a linear journey. Like there are definitely moments where. It ebbs and flows. and also I like to hear where we establish uh, what must be an actual vice for Maura Tierney, the smoking thing, because uh, that's a thing that comes up in a lot of her characters in a lot of movies. Like, that was her character's thing in Liar Liar. That was definitely her character's thing in news radio that she would sneak off to go smoke cigarettes when she was stressed out. And this is definitely an Abby thing that comes up over and over again that she smokes when she's stressed out. So, like, it must just be a more tyranny thing that she likes to have a cigarette when she's a little stressed out uh, because it comes up again and again.
1: Well, when we get her on the show in 30 years, we can ask. Yes. <sighs>
2: um. So, I want to... The comment that I was holding
0: on to earlier. So, how do we feel about a weaker version, the weaker version of Day for Night? Uh,
2: hmm. <laughs> Interesting take. I, I mean... Yeah. I see what your point is. I see what where you could get that thing. I the only thing I would counter with is that this episode is not strictly from her perspective. That's why I said the right. weaker version. Right. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, it is definitely, I guess you could say like kind of a watered down version of that, um but I don't think they were necessarily trying to replicate day for night with this. I do think there were that wasn't maybe that was maybe just coincidence. Um yeah, I mean, knowing what we know, it feels very much
0: like a pass, like that sort of like passing of the torch. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely to, have to. to they Abby. they definitely
2: know at this point. I'm I'm very confident, of course, that they know by this point that that next week is is already set in stone.
1: I don't think this felt so Abby centric like day for night did for Lucy. So I I'm gonna politely disagree. I'm gonna
2: okay. I'm gonna say that were it not for what happens over the next two weeks this would be a really excellent episode that we would talk about more than we do um, mm-hmm, this is yeah. an episode that is in the grand scheme of things totally fine above average in places has some strong moments doesn't have much to complain about like I'm looking back through the notes and I'm not really seeing much that I would like say like get this out of here this doesn't work at all um, yeah mm-hmm. but it's because of the two behemoths that we have coming over the next two weeks that this, this does not matter in the My in the larger canon. Like,
1: we're, we're doing
0: those notes in tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, As of the recording date of this, we're going to be doing the notes for episode
2: 13 tomorrow. Right. So we, um, we know how big those are going to be, and we know how much those are going to hurt. And so it's kind of hard to talk this one up too much when you know that it's going to get immediately overshadowed next week.
0: Yeah. Like, this is a solid like yeah. 8.5 out of 10 yeah. episode. What'd you give me. it? 8.5.
1: I I'd, I'd give it I'd give it a 7.5 like there's a lot of good stuff in here but it doesn't quite stand out enough to me to go See, up. See and
2: I, and eights, I'm in, I'm in the middle. I, I I'm, I'm at an 8. Like we're yeah. as always, yeah. we run the gamut. Like it's I just I think it's one again, it's what I like about doing things the doing things the way that we do it is that each episode gets its own chance to stand on its own mm-hmm. merits. You know, you, you obviously we're looking at things in the larger um you know larger context but we're also at the same time looking at things on a very micro level and this is an episode that if you're looking at it on the macro level doesn't really matter that much because so much of what happens in this episode is not going to matter by the end of next week you're going to be so focused on I mean, what's happening it, in the moment
0: it gives us it gives us abby who's going to be with us be with us exactly yeah
2: that's that's kind of the biggest thing but um, other than that, it really doesn't have very much, n- not very much of what happens in this episode you will care about, or maybe even remember by the end of next week's episode. So much of this is going to get brain dumped at the end of next week. Cause you're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, Ugh. so it's nice that it gets a chance to shine on its own and say like, no, this is actually a really solid episode that if you just stop the series here and don't go any further, this is a really nice little, like slice-of-life type of episode, very much in the same vein of how the um, the series finale is, that life is going to go on.
1: Lizzie, I'm going to petition right now
2: okay.
1: that tomorrow we watch the next two episodes, just watch them. Notes on Monday. Because okay. I need to actually process That's, those because those can, are so huge. Yeah. I will I say, it is, it is going to
2: be really for hard for us to do, more so than any, I mean, way, way magnitudes harder than it was with the storm like the storm as a two-parter the storm as a two-parter is excellent but it it is gonna look like fucking child's play compared to the wait for us not even for y'all listening but just for us to record and talk about it stopping ourselves after what's gonna happen next week and then having to pick up the thread the week after that's gonna be fucking weird so
1: so petition tomorrow. We watch the two parter, sure, and then we do n- notes for part one on Monday, so on and so forth. Because yeah. I will die trying to do notes for that. Yeah, without having just watched it first to get it out of my system.
0: Stay tuned. You might hear me cry on mic again <laughs> next weekend. The oh, I, we yeah.
2: Somebody in the next two weeks is gonna break. I don't know which. I don't know how many yeah. of the three of us is gonna be, but like somebody's gonna break at some point. Lauren's giving the big thumbs down. I don't like think... she's it, not a huge softie.
0: I
1: don't think it's going to be me, not for this one.
2: Fair enough. We shall see.
0: Anyway, what the Loss... What the Lossners have to
1: say... What the losers have to yeah. say, Lauren.
0: Yeah. Anyway, what the listeners have to say about it, Lauren.
1: Uh, plenty, and I might have to do tag-ins for That's this, you totally, guys. This was totally. a busy, busy note section.
0: Totally fine. We
1: started off with Audrey T. saying, Another fluty Flakes spotting. I think fluty Flakes... I think fluty Flakes is the new crack. Things that only make sense in our comment section. <laughs> Uh, Carol's immediate <laughs> dislike of Abby as soon as she finds out she's a med student really makes me dislike Carol during this rewatch. Jeannie, Doyle, and Lucy at times. Carol really had a problem with... Really had a problem with women who were above her. Except for Susan. They actually got along. Baby Shia LaBeouf. LOL, I forgot he was on the show. Man, I thought girls were jerks. These teenage boys are something else. A plus for casting a spot-on lookalike alike to play Elizabeth. I should
2: mom. also point out, too, we, we didn't, uh, I didn't, uh, mentioned this at the top of the responses but this is yet another example of me having to not take every response we got because there were simply Mm -hmm. too many and that makes me so so terrified for what we're gonna get for the next two because if y'all have this much to say about abbey road we're gonna be in fucking trouble for the next two weeks
0: Yeah, we might,
1: Daniel,
2: have
0: to cut some, am, we might
1: have to cut some off. Am I hearing that we may have to do a bonus episode I, just I, for we'll, fucking we'll comments? S- we will see
2: <laughs> how it shakes out. I've already seen how the thread is developing for Be Still My Heart. So, you know, I can mm-hmm. only imagine that it's going to get worse for all in the family. Worse, worse it's in the, in this. Yeah, yeah it's a good problem to have. I'm so, we, we, again, never edit yourselves. Always give us everything you got. But yeah, we may have to find some creative solutions to fit some of those in because... They're just... Everybody's got a lot of thoughts on these episodes, so...
1: Yep. Uh, Fran W says, Little baby pre-plagiarism and alleged sexual battery, Shia LaBeouf! <sighs> also, I love the scene at the end with Lucy and Abby carrying out the last wishes of Lucy's patient. I'm sad that they didn't get the chance to become friends, as I think they would have made a great little duo and weathered the storm of med school together. With Lucy's naivete and Abby's life experience, they would have been a really interesting, cute ship albeit a platonic one. And Elizabeth's mom being in town means we are only an episode away from karaoke by the piano. God, I love John Cullum. Let's not talk about what we are also only an episode away from, thank you, please. Summer W says, Carol shouldn't have jumped to conclusions about Abby, but I kind of understand where she was coming from. She had a lot of bad experiences with med students and interns calling her just a nurse or talking down to her, even if they have their reasons for doing so. I think that's why she has her defenses up every time someone new comes in. Susan, Elizabeth, and Anna never talked down to Carol, so she could be friendly with them. Of course, Abby is so sweet and would never, but Carol has no way of knowing that yet. Doesn't excuse it, and it's a side of her character that I don't like, especially since they wrote her seasons ago to be proud of being a nurse, but I somewhat understand it. I was glad when she welcomed Abby to the ER in the end, even though she really owed Abby an apology especially considering how well Abby cared for her during the labor. I guess constantly pitting women against women made for good drama in the 90s. Also, in that scene where Abby is asking Carol why she's acting the way she is and her patient suddenly goes haywire, I have to admit that Malucci really makes me laugh. I don't know what what that says about me as a person, but when the trauma is over and he's like, you have to admit, that was pretty cool. I have no idea why I laugh every time, but I do. And I'm not usually a Malucci fan of any kind. Daniel, you want to take this sure. next one?
2: Uh, Heather R. Uh, says, If we arrived at the Abby Lockhart era in Great Expectations, then I suppose we've officially, arri- officially, officially arrived at the era with Abby Road. The photo here reminds me of her entrance with the little boy. He was so sad when he said, I lost my teeth. And Abby assures him that they were probably his baby teeth. Very simple moment, but so sweet. Uh, Nice that Carol recognizes her OB nurse and not surprising that it takes Abby a second to make the connection. So many patients, I'm sure. Carol being stunned that Abby is a med student is I think what mirrors how the viewers might react to Abby in that moment. We only saw her once as a nurse, but plot twist, she's a med student too. Uh, Love seeing Abby and Luca meet for the first time in the trauma room and Abby's comment about not having doctors like that up in OB and then the easy on the eyes isn't he response Uh, Carol not even looking up when she says he doesn't talk about his personal life when Abby asks if he's single Uh, is subtle but definitely part of the wheels turning for the friendship or more developing with Carol and Luca. Uh, And oh, the Even Stevens kiddo is in this episode, Little Baby Shia. As has been said, I love the ending with Lucy and Abby on the roof. Abby going through her day, rattling off what happened, spit at, bit, called bitch, tricked a psychotic woman. Was very much a welcome to the ER moment. Really nice to get that scene with Lucy since, well, we all know what's coming.
1: At Leah1989 says, the double meaning in the little line, welcome to the glory that is ER... Delivered by Mark to Abby as he gives her a tour, always makes me smile. If I'm not reading too deeply into that, it seems like a wink and a nod kind of line, welcoming her to the team and to the show. At About Bunnies, holy shit, this is an amazing nine-part tweet that we got, and I'm going to do my best to do this justice. Bear with me, fam. When ER was originally airing, this is the first time I recall seeing Abby on screen. Maura Tierney had obviously registered for me in Great Expectations because I knew and loved her from news radio, but for me, this episode is really the first time the character of Abby frickin' Lockhart grabbed me. Little did I know back then that 22 years later she still wouldn't let go. Crazy. I have such a fondness in my heart for this episode. This reaction may be a book fair warning. The beginning of this episode gives me the heebie-jeebies and I'm so grossed out by all the staff and patients coughing and puking all over. Give me all the nasty, bloody traumas, but cold and flu people stay home and stop freaking infecting the whole world. Gross. There she is, my baby Abby. Ah, and the moment Carol starts low-key hating her, when she realizes she's crossed over to the dark side. It reminds me of the Carol-Genie tension with the nurses versus PAs, and then it just gets worse when Abby meets Luca, and Maura and Garan have, have to go on oozing their chemistry all over the place. I never understood the insistence on making the Luca-Carol situation seem like it was going to go anywhere. Wasn't it said at this point that Carol-Doug were definitely endgame and soon? I really like the Mark-Abby interactions this episode. I always enjoyed Mark mentoring the other staff, and I would have loved to see this teacher-student relationship explored further with these two. We get little moments of it just occasionally. Oops. We get little moments of it just occasionally. Unfortunately... Of course, it was ultimately derailed by both Abby's upcoming situation and Mark's, but I think they have great colleague chemistry together. Abby could have used a mentor like Mark. Romano to Malucci. What's your name, Malatucci? (laughs) Romano is gross most of the time, but damn if he doesn't throw out some great one-liners. And later, Shirley is perfect with her understated snark to Romano. Maybe you're going through the change. Shirley, you're the best. Finally, I love the end scene with Lucy and Abby on the roof, tossing the money. Another relationship I wish I could have had more of. Overall, a great episode. For me, this is where my enjoyment of ER turned into a full-on decades-long love. Thank you, Abby Lockhart. Uh,
2: That one-liner from uh, Romano is definitely one that deserved to be highlighted. (laughs) Malatucci. (laughs) Malatucci is just... (laughs) If you're keeping score at home, that's the second Tucci we have had on this uh, show when Stanley Tucci's sister appeared in an episode last season or season before. And, of course, the Tucci will be loose in season 14 or 15, whenever that is. That's
0: season 13 or 14. Yeah.
2: I think it's 14 Uh, but in any event uh, at the full-time dad for me this episode marks the unofficial passing of the baton from Kelly Martin to Maura Tierney with that rooftop scene I actually love Abby's original persona because it sets up her arc from a somewhat timid student into the confident leader we loved in later years we also see the attraction between Abby and Luca almost immediately but won't visit it in earnest until next season until then, we've just got to wade through the almost relationship that was, he puts Luke away, but we're going to use its Christian name, Hathabotch. Uh I love seeing young Shia LaBeouf getting one of his first credited roles, and you can just see the talent bursting out of him. That storyline between him and his classmate is really interesting on both ends. The kid taking HGH to get bigger was low-key heartbreaking. I hate bullies. But then you see that the bully, LaBeouf, is going through it too. It's not always a black and white thing, and they handle it pretty well. Yeah, you know, he mentioned something in that first paragraph there that I I don't think we've really touched on that much yet, and I mm-hmm. um well obviously I think we'll probably talk about it more in depth on the Lucy retrospective that was coming up in a few weeks, um but the idea of Maura Tierney slash Abby being a one to one handoff replacement for Lucy is an interesting mm-hmm. one that like when you, when you talk about a baton being passed or a torch being passed of like, you don't think of those two characters in any sort of lineage. Like you don't really think of them in that sense, but being that, that Carol or that, that um Abby shows up when she does sort of does feel like that might've been them testing the waters of like Kelly's making some noise that she might want to go. Maybe we should have a backup plan in place. Mm-hmm. And when, when her, test run for lack of a better word and great expectations goes well then they can pull the trigger on making her a full-fledged cast member and saying yep okay we've got our we, we have our plan b now like it's gonna be okay post lucy and,
1: and it's it's so weird because i don't even think of them anywhere near each other in the show and we have it right here that they right. are but just in my mind they're so separate
2: and and not even like in a um you know uh Delamico and Doug Ross kind of ships passing in the night Mm -hmm. sort of way like or that's not that's not the best example but like there were certain characters that like don't make sense to you being in the same timeline and yet they do but yet they don't really get to do anything of note around each other whereas this is like a full-fledged nice moment Mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting as always Aaron brings the interesting perspective that you know I want to dig into for hours and we'll probably do that on the retrospective but uh continuing here uh the other story they handle well is the munchausen syndrome lady here's hoping she can get the help that she needs i love mama corday and i'll tell you what one thing er nails is parent casting see there i go stealing talking points from Aaron once again Uh, she at least we credit him (laughs) she and Elizabeth are dead ringers for each other March much like Mark and David Uh, Mark getting schooled by Cleo in hoops is something I wanted to see more than just once absolutely like you already had a fucking basketball hoop out there like why didn't we why didn't we go to that well a little bit more often make it make it what it once was Uh, at Michael Michelle was a pretty good high school hooper or so I've heard Uh, and there's Romano crashing in a surgery this time however he's not drunk and there's Peter ready to step in and not care one iota about his boss. It always makes me chuckle. It's a solid episode that gives us a nice introduction to Abby in full and moves us ever closer to the end of Lucy. Let's head to a roof and drop some dollar bills in the name of Lucy Knight, y'all. Out.
1: (laughs) What an excellent way to end that.
2: Oh, Aaron. Never fails. Never disappoints.
0: There's a a reason why we do these every week. Let's going and wrap up our episode for today. Thank you all very much for listening, as always. The show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash San Podcast. For only $1 a month, you can get access to our show notes each week, and for only $5 a month, you can get a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry, two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews, and over 40 hours of bonus audio and video content, including the full season, re- re- including the full season recap episodes, a free-form monthly bonus show called The Lounge, movie reviews where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member, and flash forwards where we do a commentary track for future ER episodes. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at Set the Tone ER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the Tone Podcast. And we are at saying the Tone Podcast on Instagram. Also to be sure to check out the official saying the Also be sure to check out the official Say, the Tone. Also, sure to the, official Say the Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is... Yes. sorry our theme music is provided to us by andrew m edwards and daniel work Can folks find you at
2: they can find me on instagram at dan.u that is y-o-u-dot-e-l. they can also find me on my other podcast, the popular court with my co-host jake terrell where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial.
0: and lauren work can folks find you at
1: folks can find me on my personal twitter at lowbob nine two three four five uh i got a garden y'all
0: that was the thing that happened today yep uh, and you can also find me on Twitter. I am at randomgamer. That's JM3R. I will not be talking about gardening because that's not a thing I do. Uh, so thanks again, to everyone, very much for listening. Please
2: join us again next time. Have a great week.